You are now listening to It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in the peak entertainment era. Streamable Life is hosted by cousins Lauren and Brandon and recorded independently in Hawkins, Indiana. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Streamable Life. I'm Lauren. And I'm Brandon. And we're here this week discussing uh, last week's and future weeks uh, in TV and film. What was good, what was bad, and everything in between. So how was your week last week? Uh, Pretty good. Same as always. It's it's hot. Yes. Um, Not too much going on. The weekend went really quickly, like way too fast. Um, Yeah. But uh. But yeah, no, not too much, man. Just chilling, hanging out. How about you? Huh? What? Oh, did you hear me? What'd you say? Oh, I said, how about you? How was your weekend? Oh, sorry. That's what I thought you said. Okay. It was pretty good. Uh, a friend, Some friends and I went to Cincinnati to visit some college friends. And then Sunday, I had to rush back home and then rush to Indy for a wedding. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was busy, but it went by too fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'd hop in here with this episode, uh, starting with the illness. A lot mm-hmm. of news going on. A lot. Uh, so much going on. We'll start with one of the big announcements. We got the announcement of the HBO Warner Media streaming service called HBO Max, yeah. which this will come in 2020. Correct. Yeah, I think so. Right, and they they announced that that's where some shows like Friends uh, will be will reside. And at first, I wasn't really that interested, but apparently, Warner Media has a lot of channels in their next work because it's Time Warner's Ted Turner yeah. thing. So, in addition to you know the Warner Brothers, who has DC. And uh, that includes the CW and their shows. You also have CNN. Yeah. You have Cartoon Network and Boomerang. You've got yeah. TNT and TBS, and then HBO on right. there as well. So there's like a a freaking cable package in one stream. Yeah. So I wonder how it works if you're already an HBO subscriber. Right. I'm hoping they. Maybe I'm guessing like maybe ten dollars more or something you get yeah. real max or something similar to that. Hopefully, right? Because, because oh, go ahead. Because what I was gonna say is there's already HBO Go and then HBO Now. So where does this fit in? Like the I mean I guess I'm confused on how it's gonna work. Yeah, that's the thing because they're starting about the original shows on here and. Right. They- Lovecraft Country show is supposed to be on HBO Max. And it's like, right. So I'm going to need that. But yeah, I don't know what HBO now, I don't know if they'll merge or what. Because right. it doesn't make sense to have two separate HBO things. Like yeah, that. exactly. That that seems stupid, but I guess we'll see. But but they'll definitely get people to, to buy it because okay. you you know the quality that you're getting with with you HBO, know, HBO, anything HBO related, and like just I've just seen constant um, 
long-standing HBO execs exiting like today their PR guy of 39 years exited as another one has taken control so um there's still a lot that have to be I guess established before everything so yeah the streaming stuff is going to be the next I don't know yeah TV gonna get competitive (laughs) competitive so moving on from that, some s- sad news. Uh, Rip Torn, the actor, mm-hmm. mo- mostly known for Men in Black, I think, and, yeah, in the Larry Sanders show, which I was too young to watch. Right. Uh, he passed away. Yeah. Um, He's also in Dodgeball, which. <laughs> right, Dodgeball, and I didn't yeah. notice he was the voice of Zeus and Hercules, Disney's Hercules. Oh well, you know what? I can hear it now, but no, I didn't know that either. Right. So he, he had a very storied career. Yeah. Um, so I will be, will miss him. And he was 88, I think he was. Yeah, I was pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a pretty long life. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's always sad when, when someone passes away. So yeah, we'll keep his family in our thoughts and prayers. Um, moving on to the next thing, season six. Of ABC's How to Get Away with Murder will be its last. And thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because as much as I love, I've loved this show, it's kind of had the same trajectory as Scandal. It started out great. Yeah. And then midway through, it got a little murky. And once Wes left, uh, Alfie Enoch's yeah. character left, it kind of lost its footing because he was, he was like the main character, sort of like. A Coley with Viola Davis, so right, right. trying to find a plot again, but this season will be its last. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I think I watched it up until season three, and then it was just yeah, there's too much going on. I just, I just dropped out. I was like, nope. Yeah, and this season, I feel like it's going to be pretty bloody, figuratively mm. and literally, because, um, spoilers, I guess. Last season, they they revealed that the DA's office or whatever, or FBI, somebody has come been following our characters and has a whole um, map of their crimes and linking everything to Viola Davis's Annalise Keating. So I feel like, like they'll finally meet their maker and people will go to jail or whatever. It's not going to be a a happy ending. No, no, never. (laughs) Because they've killed a lot of people. Yeah. But right. I still think the first two seasons were the best, especially uh, this show probably has one of my favorite first episodes. Like the first episode was just so yeah shocking and crafted. It was it was great, but everything must end. So yeah, thinking speaking of endings, Euphoria surprisingly got renewed for season two. And we just talked about this last week, if it needed a season two. Right. So I guess possibly those rumors of Rue being dead aren't true. Right. I I guess not, unless they stretch it out over two seasons. But I, my take on it is I, I don't feel like the writers went into this show thinking about a second season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I... I don't know. I don't know how this season. I guess next season depends on how this season ends. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what happens. We're gonna be all 
all sort of like su- surprise because right. I really it does does feel very like a finite series, but maybe right. Yeah, so we'll have to see uh-huh. see what happens, and I'm sure that won't come until next year, if that. Right. Yeah. So uh, keep it moving. Yep. <laughs> the reviews for Lion King came out, and while audiences seem pleasantly happy with what they received, critics have not liked yeah. the adaptation of the Disney movie at all. I I don't know. That's yeah, I, I'm trying not to read anything to like not spoil it. But no, you know what I mean? Like I know the movie, obviously. I watched right. the first one, but you I kinda wanna see how this adaptation is. So I've not read much, but I've seen little things here and there about, oh, it doesn't live up to it. It's not as good. Yeah, I saw some people retweeting this one IndieWire article, and the guy was just so ridiculously harsh and like... See. And see, it, it doesn't wasn't really like the store or anything, but people just felt that it was lacking something. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I I think a lot of people obviously want to go and listen to Beyonce, but about Beyonce, I'm very curious as to how she does because she she has the voice for Nala. You know what I mean? Right. But, right. It's just the delivery, I guess you. Right. Exactly. Because voice acting is very is, different. Is like very different. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see exactly how that goes. I think my parents are going to see this weekend. I guess I am. I just I'm kind of apprehensive now. Yeah. I think it still, it still will make money, but... I oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, next, in some casting news, we've the cast of American Horror Story 1984 was revealed. Yes. And uh, I believe Emma Roberts is here again. You have newcomer Deron Horton, who's yeah. famous for uh, Dear White People on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Cody Fern Returns. Yeah. Some gay athlete. I don't know <laughs> who he is, but he's playing Robert's boyfriend. And mm-hmm. surprisingly and groundbreakingly, Angelica Ross from Pose yeah. has been cast. And she's the first trans actor to hold two regular uh, roles, to hold regular roles in two series. Yeah. So that's pretty big. That's a, yeah. And this... Oh, I. I Oh, go ahead. Oh, I I didn't watch last season of this, but what was Apocalypse? Yeah, it yeah. was people watched because he was bringing back the Coven and like yeah, like the past episodes linked them together, and folks wanted to see that. What I think yeah. that part was good, and Cody Fern was excellent. Like he was a yeah, girl, but the season as a whole was very not. Not that great. Some of it was just kind of dumb. Right. Yeah, I'll probably watch as I always do the first couple episodes and then see how it goes. Yeah, because it took last season. It kind of took forever for shit to stop being ridiculous. Pop off. Sort of pop yeah. Off. So we'll see. This will be yep. slasher themed thing. And this is what season is this? Nine, ten? I think this is season nine. If I'm right. right, and I, let's wrap it up, man. He's planning since he's going to Netflix. I don't know how that works. Yeah, 
And other interesting yeah. news, um, the people behind Bond 25, which is the 25th James Bond film, announced that Lashana Lynch of Captain Marvel fame will be 007. Yeah. That that's very big. Yeah. She's the first female and first black person to don right. that uh that role or the character's role. Right. And people were up in arms, you know, they were upset, like blah 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 blah. Of but course they are. I, yeah, I think you you have they're two different things. They're 007, which is like his number, but he's still James Bond. Right. And I'm pretty you know what sure I mean? the plot is like she's 007, but with this new villain, like they go find Daniel Craig to right. out of retirement to help with the case. So right. there's some caveat there. Folks are out here tripping. Right, right. But yeah. So there's still a long way to go on that part. They've not just woke up and been like, oh, let's switch up James right, Bond. Right, it's going to be a transition because this is Craig's final film, right? Or did he... Uh, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not really sure of that. Because I know they kept going back and forth as if this was his last one or not. And they've had issues with production and injury and all this other stuff. So let's yeah. see. I just hope her part, two things. I hope her part isn't just handing the 007 title back over to him. Right. And I hope she makes it to the end of the fucking movie. That as well. Because, yeah. yes. And I already saw a story somewhere where Grace Jones was apparently supposed to be in it, but she stopped because she was satisfied yeah. with the amount of lines she had. I said, well, that's, I guess, justifiable because, I mean, she's Grace Jones. Yeah. So, But I don't know. I think this is we um what's her name uh phoebe waller bridge that does fleabag she when they added her in this has to be part of that where she's like okay let's maybe jazz this up a bit right yeah, i remember so. seeing an article where like yes you can go you can definitely prolong and keep this franchise going but it has to change like it could yeah. be the same thing it was the last right. 20 years so yeah and speaking of that chain progress, we have to briefly touch on our girl Black Widow. Oh God! Because now I thought she was smarter than this. I, you know, and just to clarify, we're talking about Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Uh, I I don't know because I read that clip and then she came out today saying that. It wasn't exactly what she said. She she like clarified it, right? Um, but I I don't know. It's so on that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. It's just that like she said it and like she backpedaled, but then she said it again an apology, but just just said it, right not what she meant. Girl, what is it? Which one? Yeah, what's the, what's the truth, Scarlett? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's I, I don't like to call people ignorant, man, but damn. Like she doesn't get it. And like I right. a tweet from I guess his name's Oliver Stark. He's in that show 911 on Fox. Yeah. He got her together. I was like, if he can yeah. see it, what's your problem? Right. I don't know. I think sometimes you get so up on that high horse and you think you're everything and then just i don't know you just don't pay attention right and 
granted she's taken roles that sort of would show that yeah. she kind of believes this ghost right. shell and I, I was so hyped for that movie because the animated version sent my mind into a frizzy when I was like a like a teenager and I was like oh damn I'm about to make it live mm-hmm. and they're like Scarlett Johansson I was like no what <laughs> Wait, wait a second. She's not Asian. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, they, yeah. So, part of it, I she's gonna need to have, she's gonna have to be like re-educated or whatever because she just yeah doesn't get it. And Hollywood clearly doesn't get it either. So no, she needs to go and just. But she's gonna talk herself out of a freaking Marvel movie if she keeps it up. Yeah, yeah, probably. <sighs> So that concludes our news segment. <laughs> a lot going on. We'll have to keep our ears and eyes peeled to those developments. And next we have our not segment, TV uh, reviews and whatnot. Uh, I figure we, we start with the low and go to the highs. Yeah, we can do that. So first up, I didn't watch City on the Hill, so that's not on the list. Did Wait, you? Would you? Hold on, hold on. Can you say that again? <laughs> My phone was acting weird. Oh, I didn't watch City on the Hill, so that's not uh, on the list. Did you? No, I've fallen off that train already. Okay, I I'll pick it up this week, but I don't think we'll discuss it until maybe no. the finale or see where this season goes. Right. I hope it gets renewed because the ratings haven't been great, but they're not bad either. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll have to see. So first, we'll start with this special episode of Pose this week. Um, it was entitled Never Knew Love Like This Before after the Stephanie Mills song. Yeah. We saw, uh, I think all week leading up to this, this was an extremely important episode Yeah. Um, written by Janet Mock and directed by Ryan Murphy himself. It was, what, an hour, 20 minutes? Yeah, I think so, just about. And basically, it, it highlighted the unfortunate reality of the violence that uh, trans women face, especially trans women of color. Yeah. And we um, we see uh, fan favorite Candy, played by Angelica Ross, um, unfortunately meet Demise when she is uh, with a client at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And what surprised me, I think, was how quickly the death was, I guess you'd say. And I was like, well, where's yeah. the episode going to be? And I think prolonging the funeral and like all of that was was very smart. Right, right. And sort of yeah. more than just, you know, send her off, you know, off camera somewhere and then right. just have them reconciling. But I thought that was a, a beautiful touch. What were your thoughts on the episode? Yeah, it was, it was really good, you know. And like you kind of said, you how can say, you knew it was going to be focused on candy because she was kind of the first story we went to but mm-hmm. uh, you really weren't expecting her to die yes i i generally thought she was just going to get beat up like right right it shows the show has has done well by not focusing on the violence so much right yeah which can typically happen in these type of stories but i think they wanted to say hey this is still happening we need to revisit it eventually but I definitely right. think she was going to die. That kind of shook me. Right, right. And uh, yeah, the cause there I read one review. Oh god, I wish I knew what it was. Where I said it was a good episode, 
but it was kind of jumbled. And I can understand that, but honestly, that that was kind of what I thought that added to it. It wasn't so clean and cut. You know, dying and funerals aren't things you want to go experience. Right. You know what I mean? So how it kind of bounced around from her dying and then she's talking to these people and it gave you this kind of like unexpected feeling. I don't know. I thought it was fine. But was yeah, her her talking to the different people at the funerals were uh, that was really good. Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't talk to Electra. Yeah. I thought there would be some type of something there, but I did like the way Electra stepped up. Like yeah. Blanca sort of like the heart, but Electra definitely stepped up and was there. Right. And um was supportive. I was fine the whole episode until her, her parents arrived. Oh. <laughs> That's when I, I lost it. Yeah. And yeah, it was emotional. Yeah, that was a very emotional scene. I thought that was good. And I thought her conversation with Pray Tell was good. Because I think yeah. a lot of people do do that in either any community, um, marginalized or not, people tend to attack what they what they see in others that they hate about themselves. Right, you know right. I mean? And I thought, I thought that was important to highlight. Yeah, it was very, uh, and it was kind of foreshadowing when that whole argument at the diner. Yes, I, I picked that up. I saw some of the, they replayed the episode, saw some of it again in the beginning. That shot where it was on Praytel's face and um, Candy's face when she's like struggling with him. Yeah, like from her point of view. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely foreshadowing. That was like very smart there. Yeah. But yeah, she yeah, it was a... missed. But um it was it was a extremely important and necessary episode. Yeah, it was it was good. It was, and they just keep getting better and it's just kinda like like how? You know? <laughs> right. And I yeah. swear if they're not on stage September twenty second for the Emmys. I don't. I don't. I, yeah. All right, and then next we have last night's euphoria. This is episode five. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's the first one that wasn't in the screener, so we're in, we're into the last half of yeah. the show. Episode five, titled Bonnie and Clyde 03 after the Jay Z and Beyonce song, and it's focused mm-hmm. on Maddie. Yes. This it was this oh go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say this to me was one of the heaviest episodes so far. Yeah, I was gonna say something similar that it's it's probably maybe the heaviest. Yeah, because the show in general is dark, but this one was settled in like the most reality I think we've seen thus far. Like because it, it is right. sort of extreme, but the focus on you know teen domestic violence and like what that right looks like in a unhealthy relationship is is definitely something prevalent right i thought it was a really good episode it was um and it seems like everybody's just everything's unraveling yeah like uh the relationship between jules and rue is kind of unraveling um you know maddie is obviously unraveling she's one being abused cal and nate 
Yeah. Are both the, that, that scene where Cal walked into the high school and he, he but he thought he was done. He was shook. And that's the thing, like you wouldn't expect someone you wouldn't expect him to have these like doubts and these fears. Right, right. Saying like even when he's like confessing about like how this is influencing his children, like right. he knows he's doing wrong. And yet right. he still does it. So he's not I mean, he's not a good guy, but he's not the villain you'd expect him to be. Right. Because uh, I think I, I, I guess, I don't know, I, maybe I didn't pay attention, but is he necessarily after underage people? Because the person that he was in the motel with at the end of the episode was, I'm guessing, above 18. Right. I don't think he's after underage. It's just I guess it just happens. And maybe yeah. Jules lied about her age on the app. I don't know. Yeah. But um he definitely enjoys it's fluid. Yeah. I'm guessing yeah. he knew Jules was trans being on yeah. the app and then this guy. Yeah, that's when oh god. When you start playing cupcake, I was like <laughs> I low-key, I low-key started to cringe. I was like, oh, no, no. Yeah. It's just very interesting. And I'm guessing he's... He, he doesn't know what his sexuality is, per se. Yeah, may, may, that may be a big part of it. Yeah. Because at the end, when he was in the motel with the, the client, or the I guess the person he hired, it's kind of... I don't know. He's kind of opening up about that. Right. Like he wasn't so much he was worried about getting caught that he was going and sleeping with other people, but he also seemed very distraught about, you know, he didn't know what it meant for himself. So. Right, right. And then in addition to that and uh Jules and Rue, we have Kat who's mm. developing more of this armor or and confidence. Yeah. Um I thought maybe she was stumbling into like a relationship with this guy, but she immediately like sort of right. bottled that off. And then um, McKay and Cassie sort of make up, I guess. Yeah. That hey, that's the episode I'm waiting for, man. Yes, because I need to see what this Negro went through. Yeah, I need to know his life because he's just been in the background for so long. It's just like. What's this nigga's story, man? Why is he still I, hanging out? I didn't with... expect him to highlight him because he's so like side piece, but I'm I'm excited to see right. his story. And it looks like I guess his dad's the coach and or or was the coach, yeah. I'm not sure. Something like that. I just know he shouldn't be playing football. So nah, man. Up. He's like, it's gonna be so unbelievable to watch. Like this nigga's like five seven. Yeah. But as a wide receiver, I'm glad they're they're going with him next. And then I'm interested to see what happens with Cassie and Maddie. I've this episode also clarified that that they're not siblings. Like, yeah, I thought they were. Yeah, I thought Maddie and Cat and the other girl were sisters, but I guess it's just Cat and the other girl. Yeah, maybe. And I thought Maddie's family dynamic was real interesting to see. Yeah, and then. I I don't think she'll get an episode, but um, but what's her name? Lexi. Um, 
Gru's oh, best friend. Yeah. I don't know. She she pops up. I feel like she may be more important than what we know. And she might be. Because oh. that her comment to Jules kind of rattled her. Because I don't think Jules wants to be. She doesn't want that title of being like right. Rue's savior or whatever. Right. So we'll have to see where it goes. I thought that was a very good episode. Hmm. All right. And now for our big review here, we'll try to get through this as smoothly as possible. Jesus. Uh, we've got Stranger Things season three. Um, so much happened. We got a much shorter season this season, which is eight episodes, which I thought was a great tactic. Definitely kept the story intact. Uh, just to go, what were your initial thoughts before we get into any specifics of likes or dislikes? Um, I thought it was good. I mean, it was... I don't know. I, I didn't see... In reviews I read, I didn't see really too many complaints or anything, but I don't know. I, it was good. It was, it was exciting. It was definitely the most action-packed of yeah. the three seasons. Yeah. I mean, from episode one to, what was it? Was it eight episodes? Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, it was a go, man. I loved that. So, um, yeah, no, it was it was good. It was had a heartwarming moments, everything. So. Mm-hmm. Same. I really enjoyed this season. I thought um, the action was great. Like you said, the choice to um, go with like the sort of like doppelganger type yeah. of thing was really smart. Uh, very 80s. Um, I don't know what else to say before we dive in. Uh, you want to go episode by episode or just sort of big plot points? Uh, How do you want to do this? Let's see. Um, I guess we can go like the big plot points and maybe pick out a big plot point in each episode. Would that work? Uh, yeah, cool. Because I took some yeah. notes and just sort of highlight the big stuff. That's fine. That works. Okay. Let's just go with that. So we've got uh, episode one, basically, it opens with the Russians, right? Yeah, they're in some base. And, and then they all <laughs> die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this machine obliterates them or whatever. And yeah. um, it looks like they're trying to open the portal, which right. I'm not sure how that worked. Was there a total... Did the portal sort of like was in Moscow same time as in the United States? Like, did it, can it like? That's well. See, that was the thing. They, I think, they were communicating with the U.S. Just back to the people in the U.S., the Russians in America, because oh, okay, eventually you figure out that their base is like under the mall or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Just trying to figure that out. So yeah, so that sort of foreshadows the whole our season this season. But as far as characters, um, everyone's enjoying summer break. Right. Um, Dustin comes back from camp, and everyone's coupled up except for Will. Right. And um, it's sort of like that. Sort of like touches on like the changes as they they're growing up, becoming teenagers. Um. That's definitely something that affects friendships. Right. And um, I definitely relate it to that part. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. Because I just remember everybody in, in, well, they're like freshmen or whatever, but there was a point in high school where 
you know, it went from, oh, what are we doing Friday nights? Like, oh, let's go to movies. Let's go out to get something to eat. Let's, you know, screw around until like early hours in the morning. And then I ended up calling friends like, oh, you know, what's the move tonight? It's like, oh, I'm going out with my girlfriend. I was like, damn. It's like friends and then no friends. I thought it was pretty right. realistic with that depiction. Yeah. Oh, very realistic. Yeah. And sadly, like Will's the odd man out. Or right. But um, yeah, I also noticed how um, like the arrival of the mall was sort of strange to see now that the mall is sort of dying now. Like, yeah, it's crazy that the mall's only been around what thirty years or so, something like that. Yeah, which in reality yeah. isn't long at all. But no, yeah, but that yeah that stoked up a a lot of nostalgia. I'm sure they did it for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get to um, Billy. Yeah. He's working as a lifeguard. He's sort of still, I guess, gunning for moms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Will's mom in particular, Miss Wheeler, who, I mean, her husband basically ignores her. Like, he's there, but they're not. Like, she's just a housewife. And I guess right, pretty much, yeah. So yeah, but with Billy, um, by the end of the episode, the shit hits the fan, and he hits something, and yeah, up at the Steelworks factory, and gets gets snatched. Yeah, and that's when I don't know the show kind of takes off from there. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then. I thought for the for the longest that there were two of them. Like I thought maybe he was in the upside down and then another one was out in the world. But I guess it was just it was sort of like he was put in the sunken place and then this other consciousness controlled his body or whatever. Right. It definitely that's what it kind of showed it off as like I thought the same thing. I was like Hold on, man. We know we got to deal with two of them. This is wild. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of started off. We got these sort of mind control doppelgangers, and um, Nancy and Jonathan are the first to sort of investigate it because people were reporting diseased rats yeah. everywhere. And um, I thought they did a pretty good job sort of um, examining the male to female dynamics back then, especially with Nancy as a working. Right, woman, want to be a reporter. Um, I, I forget that's the way it used to be. Yeah, it was. I, I don't. I mean, it's good they added it in there, but as somebody that wasn't around, then I couldn't tell if the depiction was just like comically overblown or if that was like an honest portrayal. Yeah, because uh, they're making some hokey jokes, like, uh, and it was kind of corny. And I think they got, went with the extreme, like they kind of went with the right. sort of nine to five type. Yeah, exactly. With it, and it might have been more subtle, but yeah, that was sort of like the way it was. Like she was a secretary, and that's they didn't really see her, and it kind of pissed me off because Jonathan didn't really do much to defend her, and by episode three, I'm just like, break up with him, right? But uh, he's. You know what? I'm going to stay on topic. I'm not going to say anything about that. 
the actual dude. Because, <laughs> man, he, bro, he looks sleepy, man. Yeah, like, he, yeah, she can do that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we get introduced to that storyline, and uh, we get Joyce here who sort of notices her magnets. Yeah. Working, and she goes to the teacher for some advice, the science teacher. Right, right. And I thought that they would become a thing. I thought he was being the story more, but he was literally just in that scene, which kind of yeah threw me for a loop. Yeah, and this is when he says there's some type of big force field or magnetic field right. or something, and she gets curious. So um, eventually she convinces Hopper to for them to, to go back to the lab and sort of see what's up and they run into some intruder. Yeah. And uh by then we're in episode three, I think, right? Right. Yeah. I one other thing that we I mean, it's not a big part, but um one thing that kind of struck me through the episode, and it's definitely because we've been watching these kids since they're so young, it's just like I felt awkward seeing their relationship. Yeah. I, <laughs> especially Will and Eleven. Yeah. Constantly kissing. I was like, Oh, you mean Mike? Mike. Yeah. Mike and Eleven. Yeah. Mike and Eleven. Yeah. Like, uh, like, can y'all like calm down? But like at 14? Hell no. I wouldn't have been allowed to do that. Wait a second. Yeah, it was it was the most, but it was also the eighties. Like, yeah, absolutely, things just different. But like, yeah, being alone in her room and right whole thing with Hopper trying to keep the door open. Keep the door open. That was pretty funny. But um, yeah, yeah, his plan to sort of like break them up and everything was definitely interesting. And then. Um, Episode three is also when we discover that the flare is sort of building a a community of these zombie things. Yeah, just kind of looking around. Yeah, and this is when the shit got real. Right. Because <laughs> um, the other lifeguard, Heather, who just happened to be the editor newspaper's daughter. Right winds up missing and some of the um scare jumps they did like when billy was in the sh- in the um well at the pool oh yeah yeah and heather comes to see him and like first he, the first thing we see is him knocking her head against the the wall the wall I was like, oh my god and then it, <laughs> i was like whoo yeah but um it basically went there because yeah. Um, episode four, all I have written down is bitch, and I can't remember <laughs> why. <laughs> that was great. That's great. Episode four. Let's see. Um, uh, that was. Let me see if I can find the, the title. Was this the missing cheerleader? I mean, the missing. It was, it was no the case of the missing lifeguard was three. Okay. Uh, the sauna test was chapter four. That's okay. Yeah, this is when they they kind of go on um, the hunch that something's wrong with Billy. Right. Yeah. This is when they the the group of four with Erica, 
Robin, Dustin, Steve start. Yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was a great, um, a great team. Yeah, it was. Because we're forgetting, like they just didn't have the flay to think about the mind flayer. They had the Russians and the whole right. base under the the mall, which I think was more of like a comedic relief right. type thing with some danger. But um, the mind flare was definitely the the height of it. So episode four must have been um, right the sonic test. Basically, our friends team up and they realize that um, something's wrong with Billy. So um, yeah, Bill explains like you know when I was part of it, you know I always wanted to stay cool. So they get this right. idea. Let's put him in the sauna, turn up the heat, and see what happens. And for a second, you think, you know, it's him. And he's, like, trying to apologize to Max and everything. Yeah. That, in the split second, he attacks and... Right, right. That that was a great scene. Yeah. There were... The, the action was, like, it was, like, on a different level. It, it was a much darker season. I would say yeah, that. Really. From what we're used to. It was kind of, like... I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't... I can't find the right word for it. It wasn't it wasn't like demonic type stuff but the idea of something was possessing them behind like beyond their control was kind of like wow you know right and just the way like the violence itself like when um when they're doing like their little i don't know what you call it like investigate reporting at heather's house like them yeah sure yeah. just how they got her parents down there like right that was crazy right and um, like we mentioned, along with the mind flare thing, we have this whole um, Russian storyline with Robin, a new character, Steve, Erica, Luke's sister, and Dustin. Right, and right. they stumble upon this Russian base hidden underneath Starcourt Mall. And I guess right. the mall was just a cover this whole time. Yeah, that, or, or that's kind of what it seems like. Or... I, it, I, they explained it, but I think the Russians, yeah, they knew that it was going to like some. They they were close to it, so they knew they had to be in that area. And yeah, right. they just used the mall, I guess. Right, the mall was a cover because the mayor, yeah. I mean, he signed the papers and everything. Right, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, these four kids they stumble onto this base, and then. Um, Robin and Steve get apprehended, ends up to Erica and Dustin to sort of save the day. And I love the comedic stuff between Erica and Dustin. Um, The laughing serum thing between Steve and Robin. That was a great moment. We got our first LGBT character in Robin, which I was not expecting. That was a You know what? It's funny you said that because there was a part earlier, I can't remember what episode, but it it was when the boys were in the basement and they had started playing Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, and, uh, oh God. Oh, it's after Mike makes 11 upset and she breaks up with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they go outside and Mike and Will are arguing and Mike says something like, well, it's not my fault that you don't like girls. And I, in my mind, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. Was that supposed to be a hint at something or right. was it just like, he he's the same age as them, but he's one of those guys that is just kind of slower to 
get into the whole thing of liking girls. Yeah, I think I think it goes both ways. Like I've seen some people think that maybe he's asexual or yeah, or something different, or it's just that he hasn't developed yet. Because I mean, right. for most of the series, he's been either trapped, <laughs> right, or possessed. So he hasn't had the right. chance to sort of like develop and like get those sort of socialization. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see what what happens with that character, right. Um and then let's see by episode six let's see which I've got I've got by then Hopper and Joyce have Alexi is that his name yeah the Russian guy yeah Russian guy and they go to the conspiracy theorists and sort of more like comic relief but they're trying to piece together why the Russians How- are there. Yeah, how the why the Russians there and how the the device works and everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's that a lot. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say I, I saw a lot of people um, warmed to Alexi very quickly. Like became one of their favorite characters. Just yeah, kind of how innocent he was when they ended up going to the fair and everything. And mm-hmm. the and scenes where he and wanted to get a, a slushy. Yeah, that's the only thing he really liked. But yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty good stuff. Um, and then episode seven and eight is when things literally turn up. Episode seven, the bite. This was a yeah. showdown. Are they in the hospital? Yeah, it starts there. And this, okay. Now my only gripe in the hospital, I know they had to sort of build the tension and stuff like that. Right, right. But Nancy and Jonathan not getting the fuck out of that yeah. <laughs> really pissed me off. Yeah. I, I Oh my god, I was going to say something along the same lines because they had the chance. It was like... Multiple chances. Like when like when the thing, like the mind fire was coming and all the hordes were like starting to disintegrate. Yeah. Or they just stand there watching them. <laughs> and she's in the room watching this woman literally become a blob. I said, like, move. It was, it was so frustrating. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we established that the monster's back and, a lot of stuff went down, and then they eventually end up at the mall, correct? Yeah, that's where they all they all meet up there, because the kids are already at the mall? Yeah, it gets confusing. Yeah, because eventually Dustin and those four finally regroup with the main team after right. the main team, they ran to uh, Hopper's place for something. Right, and right. They realize... Uh, the flare can find them. Right. And because uh, Eleven gets bit, right? Yeah, by the thing. It like grabs her leg or grabs something. Leg, and, yeah. And then they have to cut up the little cut off baby the alien. And cut it out. Um, yeah. And that way it can track them somehow. But um, yeah. Yeah, that was very alien esque. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And then we had the big um, showdown in episode eight, 
which was like an hour, 17 minutes or so. Yeah. The mall, we have you know, the Russians, the kids, and the Mind Flayer all sort right. of coming to in this right. in this final battle. Um, and then we get... Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say then it, you know, we get more of Billy. He yes. kind of... He kind of, uh, I think, eleven like is able to get to him, right? And, uh, and I thought that, that was, was interesting. That was really interesting because we knew something uh, happened, like just from season, but, yeah. Two. But going, we back just never showed. Yeah, and seeing his past and what happened with his mom, and I guess she just left him. That's what it seemed like. like, like she couldn't stay with his dad, but I guess she couldn't take him. Or something oh. or other. I don't know. But like he was abused. And- yeah, pretty much. And he just kind of kept inside himself and it turned to something nasty. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, episode eight, we got all the the final showdown. Um I thought the them hiding from the the flare was very Jurassic Park esque. Yeah, just like behind the car. Yeah, behind the car, um, in in the uh, store, like right. everything throwing them off and stuff. And then I thought the it wasn't anything crazy, but just Billy in that car when they got out there. Like yeah, yeah. The car watching them, I thought that was very chilling. And then he just sped at them, and you talking about when he was about to hit them with the car? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then Steve sort of came out of nowhere finally. Right. And took him out. But um yeah, it was a great episode. Uh, great season. Um really good. I really didn't think Billy was gonna die. I thought maybe they'd save him. Yeah. But he, he basically sacrificed himself right. to save the kids. For them. Yeah. And then we lost Apparently we might have lost Hopper um trying to to close yeah. the portal, which I kinda saw coming because as soon as the Russians showed up and they got on the other side of the barrier, I was like, oh crap. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. So yeah, I mean definitely I think the next season has to be its last. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean the kids are aging out and you also just don't want to run the story into the ground yeah and i wonder with everyone like with will and his family moved how i guess they'll come back together or and how far will the jump be yeah this was 85 right yeah i think so and they're how old are they in real life like they're all like, I think the Caleb. Hello. Shit. Brandon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can you, can you hear me? Now I can. Oh God. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me repeat what I said. The uh, the Lucas dude, I think, is the oldest of them. I think he's pushing. I think he may be seventeen. And he's pushing eighteen, or he's about to be seventeen. Okay. But. I think the rest of them are somewhere in there between like 15, 17. Okay. Yeah, he's 17. Yeah. 
It'll be 18 in October. So, yeah. And maybe they'll follow them to, like, college or something. I I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. Maybe it'll be senior year or whatever. I just they'll group everything back together. Right, right. So, yeah. Anything else with this episode? We forgot, I forgot to mention the whole Susie thing, which I thought was cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The song and everything and him trying to find her. I thought one thing that's interesting that happened early on is when they were first trying to find Billy. And that was the first time that anybody had ever seen, had ever been able to see, see Eleven when she was in the void. Oh, yeah. 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 I was like, oh, wow. That's what kind of shook. Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of an indication that like, oh shit, something different's happening in this one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And speaking of that, it seems like her powers are kind of dormant right now. Yeah, like something about yeah, I of course in the episode, yeah, they did kind of like gold dull. You're right. Yeah, something about the bite or something happened. Yeah. Will Mike's like you'll get him back eventually? I guess. <laughs> I guess. Right. And that's when I thought, like, with her powers dwindling like that, I thought, like, her siblings or whatever would show up. And maybe that would be in season. Um, as we were saying, you know, just wrapping up with Stranger Things discussion. Uh, yeah, I hope they bring back her siblings for season four, because I thought that's what was going to happen with, like, calling uh, Paul Reiser's character and Right. Thing. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Right. So that concludes our <laughs> TV segment. We'll maneuver to no concessions. Um, you could go ahead and start this this segment. Okay. Yeah. So I'll keep this brief so we can get to our other part. But um, so HBO, uh, they're doing their kind of summer documentaries, and this one uh, was titled "I Love You Now Die," and it focused on the case I believe it happened in 2014 but we heard a lot about it uh, maybe the last few years but uh, mm-hmm. uh, what was her name Michelle Carter the young lady from uh, Massachusetts who um, kind of see I don't even know how to properly say it but she urged her boyfriend to kill himself uh, he was already contemplating suicide and he got out of the car and then she texted him. Did they talk? And yeah, so that was the case. That was the case. Whether she, and she was, she was found guilty of manslaughter, but this documentary kind of broke it down. The first, so there's two parts tonight. The first hour kind of spoke to what was from the, was, I guess, were the, the young man's point of view and the people in his support and just kind of who it was. And he was like, he was depressed, depressed. And you didn't get that in the news, but he was, he had been, I think they said like four suicide attempts. He had been to countless doctors and it just been really, really down. And he, he made like YouTube videos where he talked about how he needed to get his life together and stuff. And he, I think he was only like 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they met her and then, they talked about her point of view from her point of view as the defendant, just the people behind her. And that was interesting because when the story came out, she was automatically 
from the jump vilified it. We knew nothing, absolutely nothing about it. But this shows that you know she struggled with mental health issues, and she had an eating disorder, which kind of heightened that and ramped it up. But oh, wow. it kind of focused on how it, it was interesting because you know in the news when somebody that looks like her goes missing, like some she was, she was tall, she was thin, blue eyes, blonde hair. You know, the news is ready to be there. And like, we got to find this girl, blah, 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 blah. But then on the flip side, she's the bad person. Yeah. We see as the one we need to save was the one causing the problems. And people are ready to eat her up. That's exactly what happened. So it was, it was kind of, it was, as, it was good and it was informative. But at the same time, it was pretty hollow. Like not much was, I didn't gain much from it, but it was, it was all right. It was a good watch. Okay. Yeah, I saw the preview for that. And I mean, usually HBO documentaries are pretty solid, so yeah, it was. I would, I'd give it a solid B. <laughs> okay. Um, the mic, no concessions. I'll keep it brief. Uh, July fifteenth is Jackie's Happy Jackie Washington Day. Yeah. Um, for the film Jackie's Back, um, it's a Robert Townsend film. I think it's one of his best ones, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it stars um, Jennifer Lewis as Jackie Washington. Just sort of, sort of like a, it's a comical satire about you know a has been R and B diva who's trying to um, stage a comeback, and it's shot like a documentary. Um, it's hilarious, hilarious with an all star cast of appearances from Penny Marshall. Um, Tim Curry, Whoopi Goldberg, Liza Minnelli. It's it's hilarious. If you can find it, watch it. I, I think the whole movie's on YouTube. Oh, okay. I think I remember a couple of years ago on Twitter, like just clips of it were floating around. It, it was. It was just it was hilarious. Yeah, I own the DVD, but it's it's definitely on YouTube. It's it's a hilarious gem, and I think <sighs> it it really shows Jennifer Lewis's star power and just how. Um, how important Robert Townsend is to the culture. Like he's done a lot of great things. So yeah, if you can watch that to celebrate Happy Jack and Washington Day. <laughs> and that concludes our no concessions. And we'll get to now our feature presentation, which is another edition of our rewind segment, our music segment. And um, before we get to the meat of it, let's just touch on a few of the the songs that we're listening to now are projects, and then we'll get to our, our main event here. Okay. Um, I guess I'll start. Uh, uh, Blood Orange, or Devontae Hines, as people may know him. Uh, yeah, Blood Orange. He uh, put out a new album, uh, Angel's, Angel's Pulse. It, it was random. It's, it's a mixtape. We'll say that was a mixtape because it just dropped randomly. And... Uh, but it's good, you know. I like his sound. He's he's kind of indie. He's kind of I, I don't know. It's hard to really play something, which is mm-hmm. I think a good thing. But it's like alternative indie, and not a lot of black people in that area. So right, it's a he does what he does very well. He, he's good. I like him. So that's what I've been listening to these last few days. Okay, cool. And then for me, um. I'll have like three tracks. Um, I randomly discovered Jafar Jackson, who is one of Jermaine Jackson's sons. Uh, he has a single called Got Me Singing. And 
it's it's a nice little R&B summers track. Um, he looks just like his dad um, and sort of has that kind of Jackson falsetto thing going on, but it was pretty cool. Um, and then Beyonce Spirit from yeah. Lion King soundtrack. Um, big sweeping song. Um, enjoyed that. And then uh, Common dropped a new single, Hercules. Yeah. With Swiss Beats, definitely uh, a standout track, and his album's coming pretty soon as well. So that's, that's gonna, gonna be exciting. Yeah. And now we'll get into our main event here, uh, Big Crit. It's been, I believe, this is uh, ten years since his first mix, first big mixtape, Crit was was here, dropped in two thousand nine, and he dropped his. Uh, Latest LP Crit is here last Friday. Um, amazing artist. Um, he went the mainstream route, but it it didn't work out yeah. on the main label, so he retreated back to being an independent artist. And it's one of the best things I think he's done. Oh, absolutely. He's a he, he he's definitely an artist. You know, he's a rapper, man. man when you really listen to what he's writing, it's, it's incredible. And I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, rap has to be storytelling. It has to have a purpose. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But he's found the balance of, you know, uh, making you sit and like him. And at the same time, like, yo, you know, track seven's got me thinking about my life and my choices. And track eight, I'm going to go rob a nigga. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right, yeah, exactly. He's really good at that. But yeah. And it's crazy. We just, I remember when we first listened to him, like you were in college, I would have been in high school. And then it just, we, I swear, we just followed him since like 2009, up and up and up. And just, yeah. Cause I think Crit was here is one of my favorite mixates from that time. Cause oh, yeah. the first track I heard of his was um, No Wheaties. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, it was so smooth and what he was saying and uh from there it's just progressed on um yeah he's definitely he has a signature sound um signature delivery but he his his flow is sick and he always encompasses like all parts of life which i think is great uh what do you think of the album as a whole um it was good it was good. It was, uh, I think we both agreed that the, the beginning of it was kind of, kind of slow. Yeah. But, uh, it was, um, but to be honest, that's something that's common in all his CDs. You know, you may hit two or three tracks that aren't for you, but then you're going to find something that's like, okay, there it is. That's right. the one. Right. He has these streaks of where it's, it's like no skips. Right. Right. And, um, but no, I liked it, and uh, it's definitely something you can listen to anything, man, anywhere, rather. I, I think it's definitely something to play in the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely. Um, or let's touch on our favorite tracks real quick. Um, okay. I've got down Believe. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the standouts. Yeah. That's towards the middle of the album, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then I really like, I didn't think I would, but I really like Addiction. 
um, very summer singly. Lil Wayne shows up and yeah. shows out, which is but, uh, different. And then uh, my last uh, pick would be Energy. I've loved that song since I heard it last year. This, that's what I'm talking about. It's one of those songs where it's just like, because it's placed somewhere in the CD where it's surrounded by songs that aren't as high. Mm-hmm. And then it hits and it's like, and it's got that catchy thing. It's like, I need your energy. <laughs> well, Scott Sample is All right. crazy. Like, his sampling is always on point. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what are your uh, three tracks? Uh, okay, mine was towards the be. My first one was towards the beginning, and it's uh, I've been waiting, and uh, that one's kind of a quicker pace. And it, he always has these things where, well, he always has a song kind of like where he talks about, kind of like how proud he is of himself. You know what I mean? Kind of like you know, I've been working this hard now. I finally got it, and I, I always like to hear that. And uh, that's one of those tracks. Um, believe, like you, that was just right out of the gate, kind of hard. And then uh, Blue Flame Ballet, I didn't, the, the interlude, I didn't know what to expect, but right. when the song started playing, I was like, okay, I can get into this. And it was, it was good, so. Um, but yeah, overall, man, the project was good. 19 songs, though. Yeesh. Yeah, but it didn't feel like that at all, like. Oh, no. It, it kept moving and I wanted to hear how each, how it flowed. And the sequencing was really good. Yeah. So, and he's, he's always someone that just when he puts something out to look forward to. Oh yeah. He's definitely on my must listen list. Definitely. And he will be here around our birthdays. October yes. 22nd. Yes. I saw that. So I, I might have to make that drive. Yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so um, you can uh, stream uh, Critters here on, I think, most platforms. And then if you want the CD, it's being sold exclusively on Amazon.com. You can order the actual audio of this. So. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our closing segment. What will you be streaming for the weekend? Um, this weekend um, is a show I already watched. I just have to catch up because uh, I saw earlier this week season three starts september 9th but it is the deuce with uh james franco maggie gyllenhaal okay. uh, about the porn industry in new york in the 70s and 80s and i watched season one loved it so like season two i just didn't start i just so i had to watch that and then uh, but it's only nine episodes so that's that's what i'll be looking at this week okay how about you for me, um, I'm almost done with One Day at a Time oh, okay. on Netflix. Okay. It is really, really good. Like, I usually don't do sitcoms because they tend to miss, they tend to lean more on the corny side instead of, like, the smart side. But this one finds right. a good median. And I think it's because they include a lot of serious topics, I guess you say, in the thread of the show. And it's not as, you know, sitcoms used to be very, um, 
uh, what's the word? The opposite of procedural. Yeah. Like, like it will be a confined story to that episode, or they have two parts to an episode, and that'll be it. This, like, there's a gradual progression, like, one episode will end, and the next episode kind of starts there. So you don't feel like it's just random stories put together. Hmm. So it feels like like you're watching, it's like a streaming sitcom, I guess you'd say, which is sort of different than the regular format. So it's really good. Justine Machado is really good. Rita Moreno, Rita Marino is excellent. I'm, I really enjoy it. So hopefully I get it finished um, this week. Yeah. Yeah, that was, there may be something I come back to later, but yeah, I definitely, I started it. Got three or four episodes and then just kind of yeah that happens a lot because <laughs> so much to watch too much to watch man. way too much right huh? and uh, this brings us to the end of this episode um be here next week as we begin our award season stuff with the emmys we have the emmy nominations yes. coming out tomorrow and uh, pretty soon, leading up to the Emmys, we'll cover each of the major categories and do our little predictions of who we think should win and see if there was any shows we, we need to stream before <laughs> before they launch. But um, as always, you can listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review. And don't forget to go to a streamable life. Uh, dot wordpress.com to see other information blogs whatever from both of us all right all right peace out peace this has been it's a streamable life a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era listen share rate and subscribe weekly on apple podcasts and wherever else you get streamable live.